Welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer. We're back in our regular saddles. Jeremy Rushing, your host here. Uh, Ethan Brandt joins me as, as my co-host this week to talk about a lot of different stuff. But first, of course, subscribe to the podcast if you, have, if you have not yet. Hitting that subscribe button is huge for where we're placed on the platform, so would love it if you did that. Also, leave us a rating and review if your platform allows you to do so. The more ratings and reviews we get, honestly, that, that's huge for placement too. So if your platform does allow you to leave a rating and review, definitely please do so. Also follow us on the socials at 10K Pitches, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at 10K Pitches there. Like I said, Ethan Brandt, my co-host this week. Also special guest a little later on, Michael Schaefer, founder of Grays Lake FC. Very excited to talk to him about his fake, but soon to be not fake uh club that they have there and down in des moines so definitely a lot of good insight from him on uh, on what the future holds for the monsters down there ethan how you doing sir thanks for uh, joining me for, be my uh be my co-host we're switching we're switching it back around this week yeah i uh we are back to normal i thought um i thought last one went well um you know and the yeah. rating the ratings reflected that the numbers uh the numbers bode well for me i thought i was hosting again they're, this they're week, skyrocketing but... the, the, you know they they did well. I don't know if I would say well enough to to earn that permanent permanent main hosting slot. Yeah, I think I think I I got a little ways to go. Um, still a bench player here. I think honestly, I was open to it though. I'm like, you know what? If this episode just takes off and spreads like wildfire, I'm willing to take a back seat if if it means that this pod uh you know is better for it. So gets better ratings. Yeah, I uh, that was the dream. That was the dream. Um, I think it's the next one, but. Like, like we said, I'll host the 40th, the big 4-0. And, uh, every 20 episodes you can host, and we'll see where we're at. Yeah, every, every 20 episodes, 15 minutes before, I can grab some random information <laughs> and toss it together. Um, In that sense, I did think last week did, did pretty well. I mean, yeah, we, we came up with our outline a solid 15, 20 minutes before we went on the air, and I, I think we made it work. Exactly. I, um. I, uh, I did uh, a lot worse on a test than I should have because I was putting together the outline, not studying, but hey, that happens. That happens. Hey, you know what? It's okay if it's for, you know, uh, something as worth it as the, as the 10,000 pitches podcast. I think, I hey, think, I think your hierarchy should be 10,000 pitches, school, soccer, and everything else. Big space also behind, behind the, behind 10K, like huge yeah. Yeah, yeah, and everything, yeah, exactly. but yeah, 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 it's a big drop off there. Uh, Ethan, did you get your 10K kit? I did. I it uh, I got it. Um, well, actually, uh, went got shipped to my my mom's house, but and, okay. and I got it. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's awesome. It, it looks uh, good, doesn't it? It does. The colors are vibrant. I think the uh, the uh, the kind of topography undertones, uh, or I guess like. I guess it's not as much of an undertone. I think it's very vibrant. looks very good. Um, and yeah, it's really exciting. The kit came out looking as it did on the pictures, which are great. Yes. The same cannot be said for friends of the pod and uh, who we'll be speaking to a little bit later on, our friends down at Gray's Lake FC. Did you see how their kits ended up turning out? The, the pink ones? No, 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 not the pink ones. The pink ones are look awesome. I'm talking okay, about yeah, the, the pink the pink ones look nice. The original swamp kit, they had them shipped this week. Uh I missed it. I missed it. 
didn't 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 look exactly the same in real life as it did on the on the pictures. So that's why you um, go with stimulus. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, we're no, we're no, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk smack about other clothing companies on this podcast. But uh, Stimulus Athletic is one for one with us at least. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very happy with uh, Stimulus Athletic. Definitely, definitely. Wow. Um, so if you are happy with your 10k kit and stimulus athletic, go ahead and send, uh, send a picture in either you wearing it or just lay it laying on your floor or whatever. Uh, go ahead and send it to us on Twitter at 10 K pitches. We'll be happy to share that on all the socials too. Uh, definitely want to see how those kits are looking. Uh, big thanks to again, who, to everyone who bought one, uh, us and stimulus are, are super thrilled with how everything went. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll do a second run here, uh, before the holidays. I, I think we, uh, we might need to, um, but yeah, no, if you are sending picks in, you know, obviously there's, uh, there's not a ton of like super, uh, crazy things you can do right now, but you know, maybe you go stand outside of Allianz arena, you know, take a pick in it, uh, or any outside, uh, what's where, where do the Vikings play the bank? U.S. Yeah. Bank stadium. Yeah. Maybe yeah, just go maybe over at the, the spoon. Over yeah. the spoon there in Minneapolis. You can go to the spoon. That's still open. Go to the spoon where your 10K kit. Take a nice picture. We love it. We love it. To us. I like that. And uh, if someone asks you about it, you know, direct them to the pod. Uh, exactly. Hey, where'd you get that awesome shirt? Oh, man. I listen to this awesome podcast. It's called 10,000 Pitches. It's really cool. You should check it out. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how that conversation goes. That, that's how we spread. You know, word of mouth is still the best form of advertising. So uh, let's get that going. But anyways, um, I'm coming to you live from the quarantine, and and I don't just mean like the regular quarantine that we're all doing. I mean like mandatory mandatory COVID quarantine here at the at the Hofbeck Rushing household. Uh, it's been it's been a rough couple of weeks, Ethan. Not yeah. gonna lie. Give us uh, give us a brief rundown. Some of the highs, some of the lows. Talk to us. So it started with uh, the kids go to like an in home daycare. Okay, and. Okay we've been able luckily praise be uh we've been able to take them to daycare this whole time because there are only two other kids at the daycare it's literally our our two kids and then the two kids who already live at the house in which like the daycare is happening so there's only four of us or four four kids so we've been able to take them the whole time which is nice but our four-year-olds and their four-year-old have started preschool and so they're going to preschool twice a week together and their four-year-old uh was he came down sick this is two weeks ago now and he tested positive for covid so we are we had to quarantine right away um our one-year-old was showing symptoms like minor symptoms like like runny nose and mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of like cold like symptoms nothing big nothing major nothing we were like super worried about but we're like you know this is a little out of the ordinary for her we'll get her tested too well luckily she tested negative but because they're the family's four-year-old tested positive we still needed to quarantine of course of course that started on friday two Fridays ago. So if you're listening to the pod on Friday, two weeks from today, well then the following Wednesday, I just started feeling terrible, like about two or three o'clock rolled around. And I, I, I laid down on the couch and I didn't get up for another probably 17 hours. 
Like I was, I came down with a fever. My fever spiked. I checked my fever initially when I started feeling bad and I didn't have one. Then like two hours later, I checked again and it was over 101. So I was like, this is, yeah. So the ordinary. Yeah. And I was, I was feeling it too. Like I was feeling super warm. So, and I couldn't, I couldn't get off the couch. I literally could not get off the couch. Like I tried and it just wasn't happening. Anytime I would sit up, you know, that feeling you get when you're super lightheaded and like all the blood rushes to your head. It's just awful. If I lifted my back off the couch, that happened immediately. Like I literally could not get up off the couch. Uh, So I slept on the couch that night, Wednesday into Thursday. And Thursday morning, I woke up feeling better. My fever was gone or whatever. But for the next four days, I was as sore as I've ever been in my life. Like, I felt like I had just come off of a marathon and a thousand push-ups the day before. And a full 90. And a full 90. And a full 90. Exactly. Exactly. As a lone midfielder. Full 90 as a lone midfielder. No hydration breaks. No hydration breaks. No half times. No nothing. But uh, luckily, um, it wasn't too bad. But then now, since that happened, I think from Monday on, I've just been dead tired the whole time. Like, I, I don't wake up fully until a good, like, four or five hours after I get out of bed. Like, it's lunchtime before I'm fully awake. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the flip side, I'm ready to go to bed at 6 o'clock. Like we're recording this at nine seventeen. I don't know how I'm even alive right now. Like, digging deep, digging deep. For I'm podcast. I'm digging deep for this podcast. And then I gotta edit it afterwards and then post it. So it's gonna be a late night for your boy. We'll be digging deep to get ten k up this week. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm going through right now. So for for, for what it's worth, um, the, I was I was fully prepared to uh, go solo last week. I was just. I was waiting for the text. It didn't, it didn't come, but I was ready. I was ready. I, 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 if I would have thought about it, man, I would have let you do it, to be honest. <laughs> but I, my brain was just not anywhere near fully functional. And I was just like, you know what? No, we're going to punt the podcast this week. We're not, there's no way in, there's no way in God's green earth this is going to happen. Yeah, no, that was, that was the right choice. That was the right choice. But glad you're, you know, feeling slightly better enough to. Yeah, you know, it, it, I, aside from the one day, I haven't really felt bad. It's just been soreness and fatigue. Like, yeah. Like, so are they like staying in a different room than you? No, we didn't do And we're like, we're just, we thought about it. And we're like, first of all, that's a lot of pressure to put on Ashley's shoulders. Take care yeah, of two yeah. kids all day because right, right. Jenny's still doing like, you know, uh, remote preschool and like she still has to find time to work. And it's like that just logistically would not be possible. Uh, but then also yeah. like we're exposed to each other anyways. Right. Like, so, we're, yeah. It was like, probably we're not going to act like me being in another room of the house is actually going to make a difference when we're in a when there's four of us in a two bedroom townhouse. Like yeah, it's not yeah. going to happen. So we just kind of, we, we, we thought about that for maybe like a couple hours and we're like, no, logistically, this is, it just does not make enough sense. Yeah. It wouldn't pan out. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we're making the best of it. It's, it's, we've gotten a bit of a routine down now, so it's not completely terrible, but I definitely don't envy the parents who have been trying to balance work from home and taking care of kids and school stuff with their kids for the last seven months. Yeah. I like that, those parents deserve medals. 
because that is so <laughs> hard. It is just so hard. So uh, yeah, I, I applaud every parent who's, who's doing that and who has done that because that's, I'm, I'm going insane after what are we at 11 days? Yeah. And you have two weeks, maybe no, no, about 11 days at this point. A lot of walks. I go on a lot of walks these days. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just like, do you guys just like order all your groceries in like Instacart and whatnot? I mean, I was doing Instacart anyways. Oh, okay. I, would, yeah. I wasn't, of course. I wasn't, I'm, I have not gone to a grocery store in probably seven months. It's kind of the dream though. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do the Instacart shout out Instacart. If you want to, if you want to sponsor this podcast, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been interesting. It's been an eye-opening experience. I've learned a lot about myself as a parent over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you can only play so as many. I found out you can only play Barbies for so long before you literally want to do anything else. What, uh, um, has there been one movie that's like transcended this time? Like, not, you, not like, a movie. Oh, okay. We watched the show Word Party on Netflix. I don't even know that. Every one. time we turn the TV on. Okay. That's our that's our one year old's favorite show. Yeah. And then our four year old, and she won't admit it, but she likes it too. Right. So right. that's been like the one. So it's it's been two actually. It's been Word Party and it's been Masha and the Bear. Word Party is actually pretty awesome. There's some good songs and it's 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 fun. Uh, it's colorful. Masha and the Bear though has to be one of if not the most annoying show i have ever seen because it's just it's about this bear who's living alone in the woods and all of a sudden this little girl comes up on his uh, doorstep one day and just starts annoying the crap out of him and basically that is every episode is this little girl annoying the crap out of this bear while he's just trying to to live his life but then like she's almost like a daughter to him so then like he ends up like he always like ends up like pushing her away at the beginning of the episode because she's annoying him but then she gets in some sort of trouble and he realizes that he really messed up and has to go save her so like he has some like he has some like crisis of conscience in every episode right right it's, of course it's exhausting to be honest it's, it's an exhausting show sounds like it's got a lot of heart though so it that, does it does it's got a lot of heart that. the four-year-old likes it it keeps her entertained for a while so i can't complain too much but um, yeah, there's, there hasn't really been a movie. Um, after Frozen Two came out on Disney Plus, we watched Frozen Two for probably four weeks straight. Of course, uh, of but course. the quarantine itself has really been more, more kid show driven, not not really, not really movie driven. I recently watched The Crudes. Uh, it's on Netflix. That's you know, the, the Halloween Crudes. one with Adam Sandler. No, okay, no, th- that one's Hubie Halloween. Oh, okay, got that's it. a great, that's a great movie. Hubie Halloween, super funny. But The Crudes, you know, you don't know The Crudes. You have to explain it to me. I probably will know after you explain it, but just by yeah. name, I, nothing's, nothing's coming. It's, right. it's the Croods. It's, uh, it's, I think it's like came out in like 2015. It's about like the cavemen. Uh, you have uh, Emma Stone, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, that one. All right. It's animated. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it is animated. Um, yeah. I've never, I've never seen it, but okay. And I get, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Check out the Croods. Great. great All right. Movie. I, I, will great have movie. To, I will have to check that out. Uh, one thing I've been watching in the quarantine is I've been, I've been re-catching up on my soccer documentaries. Uh, I rewatched, I hadn't, I realized I hadn't caught up on season two of Sutherland until I die. So I just kind of started it from the beginning Yeah, uh, and watched season one. 
kind of forgot how exhausting season one is to be honest because i know right just keep losing uh <laughs> I, yeah, I know you just ride this like this terrible wave with the team every game's like we need to win <laughs> and, then right. and eight then, minutes into that game they they concede a goal and it's like gosh or yeah it'll be like yeah like you get this like rallying team talk and like they they just talk about like like they'll interview like six people who are like oh yeah I've grown up with this club like they mean everything to me they're the reason I go to work and then like you know fast forward to the end of the episode and they lost three games by like a total of like eight goals and you're just yeah. like wow like I'm yeah. depressed um, <laughs> yeah and then you end up, you know it you end up going in knowing exactly what's gonna happen too yeah it's like they're gonna concede a goal in the first like ten minutes and then it's just gonna be a massive depression show from there. And yeah, and like you, you like hope like they were gonna get promoted. Like they kind of set the, it up like that. Like it's gonna be a down, but then they're gonna you know finish the season strong and get like promoted, and then or at least get out of the relegation zone. Okay, yeah, or at least that, and then they still go down, and you're just like, oh, I'm sad. Um, yeah, but that's a good segue into we're gonna be doing a more in depth recap on what we just did next episode yeah so. so next week we're gonna do a little uh season one recap i i don't have apple tv plus i know ted lasso is the big one right now i'm gonna try to get some sort of like bootleg apple tv plus login so that we can watch ted lasso but anyways yeah you need to it's really good but yeah, i know i need to watch that so maybe we can do that sometime but i mean i already have the flicks until i die is easily the most popular sake documentary on the on netflix so uh we're gonna do a little season one kind of recap for you next week if you haven't watched i do actually recommend it i know we talked about it's a little bit depressing but honestly it just it's in depth in terms of what can go wrong with a huge english soccer club like how far can a big english soccer club fall and it's it's interesting and it really does take you into kind of the inner workings of the club so it it is interesting enough to actually go in and watch so if you haven't watched that I, i highly suggest it um, but yeah, we'll do a little season one recap next week. And then, uh, in a, in a upcoming episode to be named, to be named later, we'll do a season two recap as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, make sure to watch it if you haven't, or at least, you know, recap it. We'll probably, you know, just like do a little more in depth in a recap, you know, some of our like favorite moments, like I was like favorite characters, obviously they're real people. Um, some of the things we learned, some of the things, you know, we still want to see, um stuff like that so obviously check it out um there probably will be a social post out sooner or later for you guys to respond to you know leave questions comments and we'll get to all of that and uh it'll be a lot of fun so make sure to at least check it out or review if you've already seen it speaking of streaming services ethan i uh i sold out i've heard i i saw on twitter right before we started recording so today i get a ring i get a you know doorbell rings and there's a package sitting on uh, on the front porch and so i opened it up it's the xfinity flex box my girlfriend got us the xfinity flex box for the house and you know what that means free peacock free peacock premium premium yeah so i can watch i i i I, I can i can be the person i despise most in this world and sit here and watch watch the epl games on peacock without really having to pay any extra and finally turn off the show about the bear yeah no 
not on not on my Saturday and Sunday mornings. Uh-uh, no mosh in the oh. bear on my Saturday and Sunday mornings. I will literally, I go through such great lengths to make sure I don't have to deal with that show. I will set up, here's what I do actually. So we've been going on a lot of like family diatribes during this episode. So I apologize. But so here's what I do. So Saturday morning, I'll get up at like 6, 6.15, start watching soccer. I don't know how, but the four-year-old wakes up probably five minutes after I do. Like I get very little time to like prep for the day right. before that happens. It's gotta so be I will set up her little princess table with my laptop on it. So she can watch Masha and the Bear on my laptop while I'm watching <laughs> soccer on TV. That's uh, that seems like a vet, a vet parenting move. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I can't. You know, I wish I had some vet parenting moves to uh, to give as well. But no, that seems that seems wise. That just seems like good parenting. Yeah, yeah. So no, no Masha and the Bear for me on my at least on Saturday and Sunday mornings. It's, it's all soccer. So now, now that I got Peacock, I can I can continue to do that. And Although like, it was nice getting to yeah. sleep in. I think it was Sunday where the early game was on Peacock, so I don't have to worry about having anything to watch. So I literally right. just had to sleep in until like 7, 30, 8 o'clock. That was actually kind of nice. But, but now I do you'll... actually do enjoy waking up early on the weekends. I'm usually up by that time anyways. So now uh, you'll be that guy that's like, like what it like tweets, like what a goal. And like all of us be like, oh my gosh, I wonder like what it was. And we'll like go look and be like, oh, it was Peacock. Never mind. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> exactly. watch anyways. can't watch it. Yeah, um, nah, it's only kind of funny. It's kind of sad, but we will reflect on it. All right, so now that we've been talking for like half an hour here, let's actually get into some uh, some real soccer talk. No, what's real uh, soccer talk? I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, <laughs> let's jump in. So uh, Minnesota United had a had a four point week. They uh, beat Cincinnati two nil over the weekend, and then drew Nashville nil nil on Tuesday. Um, they currently sit fourth in the West. They're on 23 points, seven back of top of the table, Seattle. Uh, Sounders have really searched the top of the West. Uh, Portland's in second on 27 points, and then Sporting Kansas City's third on 26 points. So I don't know if the Loons are going to really be able to catch Seattle there at the top, but uh, I think Portland and Kansas City are definitely within striking distance if they, if they catch some fire. But uh, that's going to be tough because the Loons are missing Jan Gregush. Over the next four games, as Jan was called away for international duty with his home country of Slovakia. And actually, I don't know if you saw today, Ethan, he had a nice little cheeky, uh, cheeky penalty for the Slovakian team uh, to help them win their, win their match against, I believe it was Ireland they were playing. I did not. But no, I did see like some international games were on. and uh, But no, I missed that. But um yeah, so uh, Gregush with the Panenka penalty down the middle uh, gave gave Slovakia the penalty kick win over Ireland. So good start for him in international duty. I know Loons fans are going to be a little bit torn to see that because obviously you'd like to see your guy doing well, but it's going to be a huge loss missing Gregush for uh, five total games, but but four more uh, now as the Loons move forward. Yeah, no, obviously it is disappointing that um... – he, they aren't here. And, um, and I guess like, like, I think I, we've talked about before, like I'm not a huge MLS like watcher, um, but it is disappointing. Like maybe this is just this year, but like, at least, you know, in the other like um, top leagues around the world, they have like international break. So yeah. their your top players aren't missing uh, league games. Um, so it's a little, like weird that that doesn't happen here in the MLS. 
Yeah, you know, and there are, there are definitely less players in MLS compared to these other top leagues who are actually yeah. being called away to international duty. Of and course, it is a course. weird year where we're already we already have a shortened type year. But but you are right. There is something to be said where you know this is still causing some teams to lose key pieces. I mean, the guys in MLS who are being called away to international duty, you know, they're good enough where they are, you know, they're more influential, you know, in the MLS than they may, may be in other leagues. So, uh, awesome. yeah, that it's definitely not good. And uh, Adrian Heath has expressed his, uh, his discontent with the whole, the whole situation of, of these countries kind of forcing their hand uh, and, and bringing these players with them, whether or not they want to go. It sounds like Gregush and Heath had zero say in the matter. Like the country is just able to say, nope, that guy is coming back, whether you like it or not. Sorry. Uh, so that's kind of interesting too, that the player and the, and the, and the, the team's coach really have no say in that matter either. And um, uh, from what I can tell, getting out of America right now is, uh, is very tough because of, because of our um, high positivity rates here compared to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, just the fact that he uh, was able to go, you know, he was able to go and he didn't have to quarantine. Yeah. That, that, that yeah, exactly. He left on Monday. Wait, no, it's Tuesday. Yeah. He left on Tuesday and he's already playing today, Thursday. Yeah. He must, they must just get tested like crazy then to make sure mm-hmm. that happens, which, you know, good on, good on the MLS, good on the, good on the national team for making that happen. Uh, luckily, though, Robin Lode and Kevin Molino are both staying with the club. Lode was given the option to stay, um, and, and he took it, obviously. And then Kevin Molino's Trinidad and Tobago are currently suspended from any competition by FIFA. So that's why uh, he's not going to play anywhere, because Trinidad and Tobago aren't playing anywhere. And that, in and of itself, is a crazy story. Have you heard this, Ethan? Yeah, I've heard a, l- a little bit about it. But go ahead, explain for the listeners who may not have. So I have the SI article pulled up here. I want to make sure I get this right. So uh, Trinidad and Tobago, their football association has been suspended indefinitely by FIFA. And this, this whole situation dates back to, to earlier this year. Evidently FIFA was looking into taking over the Trinidad and Tobago football association because they had found evidence of, of just kind of a lack of lack of oversight and what they called uh, quote, extremely low overall financial management methods combined with a massive debt. So FIFA was looking into bring their own, what they called like a normalization committee and basically appoint themselves as the new kind of overseeing body of Trinidad and Tobago football. Trinidad and Tobago obviously didn't take this very well. And they actually ended up taking FIFA to court over this. The proceedings have not, been completed yet in court but fifa is now taking upon themselves because of this to suspend trinidad and tobago from competing in any international competition for the foreseeable future until these court proceedings end which who knows how long that's going to take because this is kind of like an international court proceeding where people are going to have to travel country to country in order to attend these hearings and because of covid this is obviously taking a while so who knows when this is going to end but yeah, Trinidad and Tobago, it, it, you know, their status for the Gold Cup next year is up in the air. Their status for World Cup qualifying is up in the air. Like, like it's not a good situation for them. Yeah, it uh, it it is not wild. Um, I guess like I um, I wonder how much like under how much of this has been like obviously previous 
financial mismanagement, but now then you uh, top, you know, COVID and everything that's done as far as like, you know, ticket sales and everything else, like onto this. And it really just kind of highlighted maybe the, um, the, uh, that group's like mismanagement, you know, so who knows, you know, no COVID would they, would this ever happen? Like, yeah, you know, it's, so. it's interesting to think about. And, and uh, uh, I'm sure more information will come out in the future about, you know, how bad it was or, and such. So, yeah. And just details on, on who's kind of in the right in the situation, right? I mean, FIFA doesn't necessarily have the best reputation in terms of, of, of being on the up and up themselves. So uh, I, I guess we'll just kind of have to see how that plays out in terms of uh, how that court proceeding uh, ends up but anyways back to the loons um even though they're missing on gray goose it is somewhat convenient timing as ozzy alonzo could potentially return for sunday's matchup with fc dallas but still so get this so by the time gray Gush returns from international duty the loons will have played 11 straight matches without a full strength defensive midfield pairing without their two starting defensive midfielders together yeah that is that's kind of, that's crazy. And, uh, and then it kind of, you know, links back to what we were talking about where like, it's kind of wild that there's no like international break where like they're not missing, he's not missing a game or two, but 11 or more, which is, you know, pretty crazy. Well, but, and just think about all the different possibilities uh, of teams losing players, right? I mean, to talk about injuries. I mean, these teams are playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. So injuries are piling up more than they would have positive COVID tests international duty yellow card accumulation like this has really impacted the loons but also like it's impacted other teams too like the loons aren't the only team struggling so it's just it's so and especially from the loon standpoint it's just been impossible for them to field their their optimal squad and at the same time like be able to rotate properly because right, you right. need you need guys to rotate, and with all the injuries and uh, Chase Gasper missed uh, the Nashville game with yellow card accumulation, and now Jan Gregush gone, uh, it's just it's it's really tough for them to be able to to get guys rest because there are only so many guys available. I mean, there have been more than a few times this season where the Loons have been unable to field a full bench because they have so many guys out. Right, right. It's it's just it's it's really it's hit them hard, but obviously, um, you know, it's it's hitting the entire league hard too. And yeah, just you know, getting a rhythm with like your teammates, and you yeah. know, like how much you can expect to play, you know, coming off the bench and whatnot. You know, that must just be super tough, you know, and just se- severe lack of rhythm for the players. Mm-hmm. And losing a defensive midfielder, you know, they've been without Alonso for the last, I believe, six or seven matches. Uh, they'll be without Greg Goosh for the next four, at least, you know, that, that means Hassani Dotson now needs to, to f- file in and ha- he has been filed in in Alonzo's spot. And now he's going to have to do the same in Greg Goosh's spot, which is fine. I mean, Hassani Dotson is, is great wherever you plug him in, but then also that leaves the back line very, very vulnerable from a depth standpoint, because while Hassani Dotson is also a, he's a great backup defensive midfielder. He's also your backup right back. And so that leaves the right side of that back line extremely thin. We don't have a guy like Dotson available to, to be the backup there. Right. So right. 
you know, that's why you see a guy like Michael Boxall playing as many games in a row as he has, you know, as many minutes in a row as he has. I mean, he hasn't missed a single minute the entire season. Uh, Roman Metnair, you know, they've been really relying on him being fit and staying fit because of their problems in the defensive midfield being healthy there. Um, they get Noah Billingsley back from uh, his loan with Las Vegas. So that will help that depth on the back line. But that just proves that, that, you know, missing one defensive midfielder doesn't just affect that position. It, it really reverberates to other positions around the field and their ability to, pro- like I said, properly rotate and have the proper depth that they need to compete in this kind of season. But uh, let's see. Uh, Mason Toy traded to Montreal Impact for $600,000 in general allocation money and a 2022 second round pick. So toy time is over in Minnesota. He goes up to Montreal. Um, A lot of mixed reactions on this trade I saw on Twitter. But when your player announces or, or lets you know that he wants to leave, it doesn't exactly leave you much leverage in terms of, you know, generating a ton of return from a trade. So the fact that they were able to get 600K and a second round pick out of it, I think that's a pretty decent haul, all things considered. It got a lot of flack on Twitter, but I mean, he wanted to go. Teams knew that. And so you weren't really in a, in a big position to be picky about your return if you're Minnesota United. Yeah, I, uh, I saw the same thing, like pr- relatively mixed reactions, but like, yeah, they didn't get enough back. But, but like you said, like, you know, you lose a lot of that leverage when, um, when a player already says like he doesn't want to come back or what have you. So, Which I, I understand his, his point, right? I mean, he needs to go to a place where he, he's, he's going to get the minutes he needs to develop. And while he was starting, you know, pretty consistently over the last month or so, that's because he's been the only healthy striker. Uh, so when you bring in a guy like Kai Kamara and who instantly slots in in the starting spot ahead of toy, I mean, that that's the writing on the wall, right? That's a straw that breaks the camel's back. If you're a guy like toy who wants minutes and who wants to develop, it's pretty clear at that point that you're going to need to go somewhere else in order for that to happen. Uh, so uh, I hope that Tyrion Ree is a guy that can bring the most out of toy because obviously he's a kid who has a ton of potential and if he can go to a place and, and get developed properly and get the minutes he needs, um, you know, if, if he wants it, I, I think he's, he's a guy who can be a, a huge impact player in this league for a long time. Right. Um, obviously, you know, adjusting to um, the metric system and Celsius up, up North is going to mm-hmm. be tough. Yeah. Um, trying to stay off the Tim Hortons. Obviously that's going to be a challenge for him. Um, but you know, yeah, he's, he's a talented kid. Um, but, uh, but you know, all the, all of this to say, let's let, like, I think we all wish we were just back at the MLS's back tournament playing, uh, yeah. Seemed a lot more fun. Simpler times, right? Simpler Simpler times. times. That's right. That's right. When we were, we were, uh, dominating our way to the semifinals. Exactly. That was, that was fun. Feels like forever ago, man. I know. That was like. When was the that ended in late July? So we're talking about two, two and a half months ish now that we've been home from Orlando, or the loans have been home from Orlando. We didn't go, obviously, but yeah, it's it seems like it seems like a lifetime ago. 
I know. It really was. But but yeah, it was definitely a good that was definitely a good run and a good time to be a Loons fan. And and you know, not to say now isn't, but uh the team has definitely seen their struggles since they came back from Orlando, that's for sure. Right, right. We talked about Kai Kamara a little bit. He got his first Minnesota United goal over the weekend, or excuse me, earlier this week. Uh, oh, no, over the weekend against FC Cincinnati, yeah, uh, via penalty kick. So he got on the board. He still hasn't got a goal in the run of play, but he and Reynoso, they, they've showed a lot of uh, potential as a tandem together. Uh, Reynoso has been a great, great addition, obviously, for Minnesota United so far. I think his his talent, his ability – you you can see that it, that it's head and shoulders above a lot of the other guys on the pitch. Just the pace on his passing and just his his anticipation. Um, you know, he's a guy who's still looking for his first goal too. But uh, from what is what I've seen from he and Kamara and their interplay together, you know, I see a lot of goals for both guys in the future if they keep working together like they have. It's only a matter of time. Uh, and like we were talking about, it's it's a it's a tough time to be playing for the loons and really getting a rhythm with you know your teammates and uh, finding that consistency. You know, yeah, so. you need you need to take your cohesion where you can get it at this point, right? And right, if, right. If, if, guy, if guys like Kamara and Reynoso are really starting to develop that that together, you know, that's gonna be that's gonna be where the bright spot is for Minnesota. So hopefully, hopefully that continues because they're gonna they're gonna need that. You know, like I said, wherever they can get it, with them having to kind of put the band-aids on the on the starting 11 and the roster so to speak as, as we move forward lower league headlines let's move to those uh, a couple friendlies happening this weekend uh fc minneapolis taking on rock city fc which i really i wasn't able to find any info on them but uh that's in a friendly sunday and then uh cedar stars fc again another team i was unable to find any information on but they take on them next saturday the 17th and then the fighting Ethan Brants, Batoe FC, they tangle with Granite City FC I, friendly on Sunday. How are you feeling about that, Ethan? Uh, yeah, first of all, I don't think I have enough clout within the club to call them the fighting Ethan Brants. I think they'll stick with Bateau. Um, but, um, but no, it'll be a lot of fun, obviously. And, uh, and yeah, we're like, like you said, we're playing Granite City, who uh, – from the UPSL, so uh, a division, uh, you know, a touch above where Pateau normally plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, obviously, and uh, a good test because I know that is, you know, one of the goals of Pateau is to ultimately move up, um, you know, the, the into a, a higher league, you know, kind of like the UPSL or what have you. Um, so it'll be a good test, right, to kind of see, uh, you know, where they're at and, you know, I and myself included, I suppose. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so if you are in the Eau Claire area or the Chippewa Valley, uh, fans are allowed at this game. Uh, w- please wear a mask if you do, you know, come. And I'm sure, I'm sure this is true of almost all of these, like, friendlies amongst lower teams that fans are allowed. And they're just going to encourage you to wear a mask and stay socially distant. But, um, but yeah, it is free to enter. Uh, we play at, like, a, a, a high school that has, like, a really nice turf facility. So that's obviously great. Nice. Um, and uh, it's free to get in. And uh, Bateau, uh, we are 2-0 and over our last two friendlies. So, um, yeah, like I said, it should be a lot of fun. How much playing time are you going to get? Uh, you know, I, uh, I don't focus on playing time. You know, we just go out there and we, uh, we play hard and uh, let the chips fall where they, where they fall. I'm just trying to figure out if it's worth it for me to try to get somebody to set up a, set up a camera so I can watch you here from the house. Oh yeah, there there is a uh, they do a Facebook live. Um, okay, 
of the game. They Well, they have for the past two, and I think they plan on doing it here for the third. And once again, I'm sure this is true of kind of all lower league, you know, uh, teams that are kind of volunteer run where, uh, th- you know, it is just um, someone with like a phone at like uh, field level. So you don't get like a great overhead shot or anything like that. But, you know, um, I think no, they Sky get- Cam, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, Goodyear hasn't brought the blimp out quite yet, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but no, uh, yeah, there's a Facebook Live. So I guess, yeah, if you do just want to turn in to, to, turn, tune in to Bateau's game, there should be a Facebook Live. There has been at the previous two Okay, has just facebook.com slash FC or just search FC on Facebook and you'll be able to find it there. Yeah, 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 that should, cool. should be there. Awesome. So yeah, uh, this will be interesting for Bateau because, like you said, they're they're really they have aspirations to move up into like a UPSL uh, league, a semi professional league. Uh, and Granite City FC obviously is a team currently in the UPSL, so that'll be a good measuring stick for them, and just a good, I think, a good match overall. I mean, you got a local team in Granite City taking on that Wisconsin team in Bateau. Bateau obviously very good friends of the podcast with a uh, a very very strong connection. Now with Mr. Ethan Brantz uh, being a trialist for the club. So uh, definitely looking, uh, looking forward to that. And I'll be watching the Facebook Live on Sunday. What time's kickoff? I want to say 3 o'clock. Can you confirm right now for me? 3 p.m. Uh, is there like a place you can look? Do you have like an email? Move on to the next headline and I will, I will look to confirm. Okay, sounds good. Next headline, Minneapolis City's 7v7 Inter-Squad League is entering the playoff stage. Um, you can listen to the People's Pitch podcast with, with John Bisworm and uh, Nate over there at Minneapolis City. Uh, they're literally every episode every week is breaking down that 7v7 Inter-Squad League. It's actually really entertaining. So uh, I definitely recommend going and listening to them if you want more information on that. But uh, yeah, that, that league is entering the final stages and then the Futures program really kicks off here in November as they're really starting to get uh, get guys in and, and, and start that process of, of uh, getting people in the Futures program. Ethan, we have a, uh, we have a kickoff time? 3 p.m. At 3 p.m. sharp central standard time on sunday bateau fc and granite city fc via bateau fc's facebook live you can watch that yes boom, boom. um another kind of cool thing i stumbled across this week is a uh, former duluth fc player and assistant coach brandon Stemwettle. he hosts a new podcast called beyond the bench uh, and the, there are two episodes in. In the first, he talks to former Blue Greens head coach Kyle Backus. And then in episode two, he's joined by their former family coordinator, uh, host family coordinator, uh, Shannon Cornelius. So very cool that, that Brandon has started this venture. He's a great soccer mind. Um, so bringing that to a podcast is uh, obviously a perfect fit for him. And the fact that the first two episodes uh, are, are from former people in Duluth FC uh very cool to listen to so um definitely got that queued up for one of my walks ethan uh this weekend gonna gonna be listening to to both episodes of that that'll be that'll be interesting and then uh one final thing i just wanted to let you guys know that you know we did talk to med city fc owner frank spaith uh gm frank spaith uh back in august about goalkeeper alexander aj jarvis and his battle with severe aplastic anemia which is a life-threatening illness 
Um, that GoFundMe is over the $8,000 goal, which is awesome, but you can still donate. They actually haven't shut it off yet. So if you want to donate and again, $8,000, it was a lofty goal. It's awesome that they reached it, but, but the hospital bills are, are going to be more. I mean, $8,000 is a good chunk of change. It will definitely help them, but it's not a hundred percent of, of what they would need to cover those costs. So if you do have the means, even though that goal has been reached, just go to gofundme.com and search help AJ battle life-threatening illness. Uh, you should see it pop up. Uh, Med City FC GM Frank Spath is the one who created it. He wrote the little blurb there in the GoFundMe uh, that, you know, tells a story about how, how AJ, uh, you know, uh, discovered his diagnosis and, and how he's been doing since. So um, if you have the means, you can still donate to that GoFundMe for Med City FC goalkeeper Alexander AJ Jarvis. Again, just go to gofundme.com and search help AJ battle life-threatening illness. And you'll be able to find it there. Uh, finally, some good news, Ethan, for both of us. Our EPL squads are rolling. Yes. We're yes, cooking, we man. Everton, four goals as they beat Brighton four to two. Another goal for my boy DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And Ethan, by the way, he also scored today for England in their European friendly with Wales. So he's, I think I saw that. I think I he's saw staying that. hot, staying hot. And then uh, j- just, this was such a weird game. Spurs throttle Man U six to one on Sunday. Did I you know. watch this? I, um, I caught parts. I caught parts. Um, this, it was just wild. It was wild. And like, uh Man like, U gets a gets a penalty like thirty-five seconds right, in. Yeah, or whatever it was. It was it was really it was really soon. Uh so they go up one nil and then Spurs rattle off six straight. Two goals from Sun, two more from Kane. Uh six goals now on the season for Sun and for DCL. They actually both lead the league right now in goals with six apiece. One thing that stood out to me though, Harry Kane has six assists. Yes. Yeah, I saw that as well, and uh, I know what a what a crazy start, right? Um, between Son and Kane, uh, with you know like six goals and six assists respectively. Um, I guess like I think I've seen this a few times, and uh, like kind of said from brighter minds than my own that like I guess this is kind of like you know what Mourinho like envisioned right when he came in, and like it just kind of took time to get here, you know. Mm -hmm. um this transitional phase um or like kind of uh, the tail end of last season uh was kind of you know since he came in was that transitional phase and obviously they like underachieved um I think you know largely uh last season but you know now here they are kind of finding their rhythm and obviously like they still have to introduce a lot of players and um but yeah no it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch you know and uh kind of just be a part of what are they going to do with Deli Alley I know, right? I've seen that as well. Like, um, like so I, ha- I should come at this saying I'm not a, I'm not a huge, I haven't traditionally been a huge Premier League guy. Like, I, I watched a little bit. I, I've watched off and on for probably the last ten years, uh, but I really never got into it religiously. Maybe except for like the last couple of years, like 2019 is when I really started to get into it. Yeah, yeah, and Everton's kind of always been my thing, my been my team, and obviously with them being really, really good this year, it, it helps. Uh, but Deli Alley is obviously a huge name. Yeah, um, he's a guy that Spurs obviously spent a lot of money to get. Uh, 
but he just seems like a guy that doesn't doesn't fit what they're doing right now and he's almost like a hindrance more than he's a help with his presence yeah i uh, as a spurs fan is that accurate i mean how do you view deli ali and how he fits into this whole mold yeah i uh like i'm a fan right like i think he's like a talented player he's a fun player if nothing else mm-hmm. right um and uh you know maybe like maybe he just overachieved that one year and he set expectations way too high mm-hmm. and you know now he's just kind of return like you know returning to the mean um but obviously you know you hope that's not the case and like um you know i do think like he hasn't been getting like like he hasn't been getting starts in like quite as many minutes as like he probably did last season and just kind of like in the past there um so who knows you know i think that could go one of two ways right where like it either you know kind of motivates him and he mm-hmm. he's able to kind of find it and return to what he was like when he because like when his first year i believe or like 20 it was i don't know first year i think he was kind of nuts right and that's he kind of burst yeah. onto the scene that way yeah so maybe he returns to that or something similar. Um, but then I, it could go the other way, right, where he just kind of um, continues to, like, taper off and uh, gets frustrated, which – so I guess we'll see, right? And, uh, yeah, are not we, dwelling on that. Are uh, we getting regular transfer windows back in 2021? Like, is the is – the, are we getting, like a, uh, like, a January transfer window or is it being pushed back? It's a good question. I honestly couldn't tell you. We just had this transfer window end just the other day. Yes. So additional domestic transfer window uh, happening right now uh, until October 16th at 5 p.m. when clubs will only be able to trade with other uh, EFL teams. So not internationally or with other Premier League clubs. Ah, okay. Uh, and then the winter window will run throughout January 2021 as usual. And then uh, kind of similar like La Liga's is January 4th through February 1st. Uh, same with Serie A, uh, January 2nd through February 1st for Bundesliga. Same with League One. So, yeah, we're, we're getting regular transfer windows back in 2021. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, my, the reason for me asking that question is like, are you kind of – if you're a Spurs fan – what are you kind of hoping happens here? Are you hoping that Deli Alley gets a good run of games and maybe his transfer value rises and then you're able to sell him off for uh, a good chunk of change in the January transfer window? Or uh, like if, if he continues to struggle or if he continues to not be a factor, like, like does he carry enough value to even sell off in January? Yeah, I, uh, um, I guess so personally, right? Like I'd rather have him stay and kind of, you know, return to, uh, to some sort of, you know, what he was like, I'd rather have him on the team. Um, I did see uh, uh, PSG, you know, uh, putting a pretty hefty offer and he, and it got turned down. So really, um, I, I do think there's value there. Like I think, okay, so obviously they still, they still believe in him too then. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting as well. And I, I forgot to mention that earlier, but yeah, I do, I do still think they, they want him around and think he can be, you know, part of the roster um, or the squad, maybe not roster. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, that's a great question, right? And I, I guess I don't have the answers. I don't know, but I would personally, I'd like to see him on a team. Okay. Fair enough. I think, I think a lot of Spurs fan, I, I'm seeing a lot of 
a lot of torn Spurs fans or, or the, the fan base as a whole kind of torn as the, like, you have the, you have the Deli Alley backers who were like, who are kind of like you were like, no, like we should keep him. We should see how this goes. We shouldn't cut the cord. Then you have the other side who are like, get rid of him. He right. sucks. He's awful. Cut him, transfer him. He's done. So right, um, right. interesting to see how, kind of how the fan base is a little bit torn on that, but uh, like, yep. Spurs and Everton Spurs and Toffees both, both rolling right now. I'm, I'm feeling really good about Everton, but if they get throttled in the, uh, in the Merseyside Derby uh, next weekend against Liverpool, uh, it may change my tune a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's a very weird game to put a lot of stock in because, you know, if they, if, they lo- if they lose by one or even if they lose by a couple goals, I'm okay with that because Liverpool is Liverpool. But right. if they 4-1, 5-1, 2 like if it's not even close – I may be, I may be losing, I may lose a little bit of confidence, uh, which is weird because we're early, right? We're still super early. Everton's top of the table in the Premier League right now, but uh, I just think that's huge for maintaining the confidence that Evertonians have in their team right now. Yes, I agree. Expect like also like Liverpool just got like thrashed, right? Like they just got hammered. Yeah, seven two. Yeah, so. Villa? So, yeah, like, I think, like, I guess, right, like, that could go, you know, maybe they, they come back a little more motivated versus, or they, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're going to be facing a really, really PO'd uh, Liverpool team. Yeah, that'd be my guess. So, so we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's, it's, I mean, now, granted, there's not much of a, a home field advantage these days, but it is at Anfield, too. So, I don't know. I'm going to be watching uh, I'm gonna Peacock. S- I'm I'm not, uh, I'm pretty sure they're gonna put that one on TV. I'm pretty sure if they put the Merseyside Derby on Peacock, I mean I'll be able to watch it, so I'll be fine. But that would that would be a little BS, I think, in, in the grand scheme of things. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's the 6:30 a.m. start time next. Uh, I believe next Saturday. I think what we need to do is launch a Patreon, and all it is is we give out log a login to your Peacock, and that's it. <laughs> Oh, uh, get shut down real quick. Well, yeah. Okay. So, like, I just said it out loud on the pod. We so would have make... to just keep creating logins. Yeah. <laughs> just keep adding them, like, like whack-a-mole. Like, and peacock then, whack-a-mole. Our next tier would be, like, you get an ESPN Plus login as well. <laughs> and then, like, it's like... A Fubo just... TV login? Yeah, that'd be the third tier. Like, the highest tier would be you get all three logins. Just uh, turn page, turn make a Patreon account that's basically just like crack streams. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what we could do as well, right? It's just like stream the game on like Twitch behind like a paywall or something, <laughs> and like that, that's it. Like thirty cents, and you can log into this Twitch stream. You can only launch. You can only watch if you sub. Give us those sub tokens, and you can yeah, watch. That, yeah, or we'll do subs. Yeah, that would work too. Oh my gosh! All right, that's okay. that seems sustainable. We should think about that. We'll workshop that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll keep you updated. <laughs> oh man! All right, Ethan. Anything else you want to talk about? Um. Uh, we touched on it. Hubie Halloween, great movie. Uh, and yep. this is this most stupid, not good movie way possible. Um, maybe make yourself some hard, uh, some hard apple cider. Getting the getting a nice fall mood. Put on your Put on your comfy sweatpants and and just melt your brain with some Hubie Halloween for an hour and a half. 
Exactly. Yeah, under two hour runtime, which is great. Um, I mean, no soccer this weekend, so we gotta, you know, we we should probably put out some recommendations on on things to watch without Premier League, Serie A, La Liga. I mean, we have international games. We have like the, so they're calling it the UEFA Nations League, but it's really just like Euro qualification, basically. Right. Which is weird, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, you can watch that if you want. ESPN Plus will have that all weekend, but I'm probably gonna take the opportunity to maybe not maybe have like a soccer list weekend and just sort of aside from the loons game on Sunday, obviously, but maybe just, just kind some, of chill for a weekend. Some lower league, uh, lower league action, that. lower league action on Sunday. Yeah. I like um, that. I like that too. But um, uh, the niece, the Nisa season's over. Uh, that's one thing I should probably say. Shout out Nisa for their fall championships. Uh, it sounded like everything went really well. Uh, Detroit city FC were your champions. Uh, so I like, I like what they're doing. But the NISA with NISA, uh, you know, becoming like the the main lower league soccer league uh, in America, I think it's you know, as as much as as the NPSL and the UPSL do, you know, impact and and influence lower league soccer, I think NISA kind of coming out and saying, you no, know, we're going to be the league and we're going to be kind of the gold standard for this and the way we operate and the way we run, we're going to run ourselves like like a like a big time league. Um, I, I think is awesome. And I think uh, what they did with the with the fall with the fall league and then the fall championships, I think um, you know there's there's a bright future ahead uh, for that league. And you know, a lot of people have I've been seeing on Twitter people want Minneapolis City to join Nisa and stuff like that. But uh, I, I think no matter what happens, it would be cool to have a tie-in here in here in Minnesota for sure. But uh, that league, I think, definitely has a good opportunity to become a, a real gold standard for for lower league soccer. Yeah, it, it seems all good. Um, but yeah, back to our suggestions. Uh, Sutherland Till I Die. You should yep, watch that. So if, you're, you can, if you're starved of soccer a little bit and you want something that's different than watching an actual game, uh, Sutherland Till I Die. Uh, if you have Apple TV Plus, definitely get on Ted Lasso. Um, that's something I may try to do this weekend, Ethan, is I may try to uh, bum myself an Apple TV Plus login and, and watch some Ted Lasso. I feel like they got a week. I feel like there's like a free week trial you can do. So probably there's got to be. Yeah. yeah, I gotta believe it. I gotta. Believe okay, it. maybe I'll do that. Um, and then I'll cancel it on the last day. Of course, I'm actually really good with that. You know, that's that's how they get you. Oh, free week trial, and then they're just yeah. hoping you forget. They're not really hoping that you like it enough to keep it. They're hoping oh, yeah. that you don't hate it enough that you're not actively thinking to cancel it after the week right they they operate in that middle ground um, <laughs> exactly exactly oh, hey greyhound is on there i thought that was good with like tom hanks okay on apple tv good good movie i thought okay um i think that's all i've ever watched on apple tv or a- apple tv plus i don't know I should... it's apple tv plus yeah apple okay, tv yeah. and apple tv plus are two different things i'm not really sure what the plus gets you uh i think i think the plus is the streaming service and then Apple TV is like the box. Okay. Like it's like the oh, road. Hold on. I have I have the Apple TV app on my phone. Can I do anything with this? Let's, 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 let's do this right here live. So I'm getting an Apple TV right now. What's okay. new in Apple TV? Apple Originals, Apple TV channels. Do you have Disney Plus? I think you you do, right? Yeah, we have we have we have okay. Disney Plus. I, I love Disney Plus. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so it's giving me a lot of Apple TV Plus options, but what can I do with regular Apple TV? Can I do anything with regular Apple TV? I'm guessing no. Feels like a no. Oh, so it is showing me like back in the day 
when I had like an iPod and I like purchased episodes of TV shows to watch on my iPod. Those are actually <laughs> still here via my Apple TV. Oh, hey, what do you know? What do you know? What uh, do you have any any good shows? Sons of Anarchy and Burn Notice. Son, really? You watch Sons of Anarchy? Dude, great show. I love Sons. You do you, you don't watch Sons of Anarchy? No, no, never got it. I don't know. The whole biker gang thing is just a touch much for me. So yeah, I have the all of season three of Sons of Anarchy on here. <laughs> and then I have two epi- two random season two episodes of Burn Notice. Okay. Hey, at least you got something on that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll binge season three of Sons of Anarchy for just shits and giggles. Because you, you I have it for free on the Apple TV, evidently. So that's such a that was such a wild time having to pay like one twenty nine for a song. Like what yeah, was that back in the day? Weird. I know. Now we just pay five ninety nine a month to not have to listen to commercials with our songs. It's great. But, exactly, and like <laughs> just make like just BS playlists that you listen to once and then like yeah. Um, uh, like, oh man, this is gonna be my party playlist. Yep, and listen to this every time. Then you forget right. about it. Right. I do love like Spotify's like made for you stuff. Like, yeah, love that. Like, yeah, the time and capsule. You, you get you get that without having to pay extra too. You right. Get, it's just regular, there. Regular Spotify thing. Yeah, I like that too. And like, you can go back to your like 2016 rewind and just like listen to songs listen to in 2016. It's just like wow. Like, or like just like the random like 2016 like hits playlist it's oh like, th- those playlists have any song that you would ever want too you know, so it's like you don't even really need to create your own so like along similar lines what i've been um kind of into lately like weirdly like is like or maybe not into but just like retrospectively looking at and like laughing or maybe not laughing but just like i don't know like the, that like early 2000s like or maybe like so like 1999 to like 2000 like i don't know 13 when you had just like a plethora of bands like putting out almost the same music like like one republic we the kings boys like girls train uh the script the fray like like yeah the script and the fray i still am not convinced that are they're different bands right like i'm pretty sure they're just the same band it's just all these like just like like bands that like put like well what is that like i like it's like kind of like pop and like punk like not rock but like like you know like right on the fringe there and it's just like like if you put like you know the like the top five songs from all those bands into a playlist and played them you would probably sit there and be like oh i'm listening to the same band this whole time <laughs> like absolutely 100 percent. i never thought about that but it's true like yeah nine like 1999 to like 2000 i don't know seven like i was like i was the like i was born to seven years old so like obviously i didn't have a great concept of what i was hearing but now i look back retrospectively and i'm just like wow like we like we would listen to anything that was shoved down our throats by these bands like yeah you but like one re- so you you were born in 99 yes so yeah. you were born post post boy band era i think like yeah i think post like traditional boy band era like obviously like it kind of came back around with like some of those like nickelodeon disney channel bands that kind of got big on yeah. like the tail end of their shows but like mm-hmm. 
but um but yeah no i just i just like that's just something that's like really been like standing out to you know it's nuts this is wild one republic i'm like i have their spot i spotify thing up right now they're the 71st most listened to band in the world right now dude they're public they're enormous in canada that's they're, they're canadian they're like the i don't even know what a proper comparison is but Were like they've, the they've played canada? like Drake's Canadian. Like they've funny. played the Canadian version of like the Super Bowl halftime show before. Like they're like they're they're huge in Canada. That's fair. That's fair. Like they're, one like, of, they're probably like the, the like in terms of like contemporary music, they're probably like a top five Canadian artist. Okay, yeah. I get that's fair. That's fair. How about train? Do you like train? Do you ever listen, did you ever listen to train? Train's really hit or miss for me. Like Meet Virginia is a banger. How about Drops Jupiter is a banger? But like Hazel's sister? Hazel's sister. Okay, like that's like bubbly fun. Like I wouldn't like go out of my way to listen to that song, but I also wouldn't skip it if it came up on a random playlist. How many people are in this band? I'm looking at their cover right now. I can only picture the lead singer. One, two, three. Honestly, like seven people. That's one of those bands they could change out every other person but the lead singer and i wouldn't notice i think i think what's crazy is so there's seven people in this band according to like that's what i can tell from their spotify thing like like this group of seven could walk by me on the street tomorrow and i would have no (laughs) idea their train like that's nuts um but okay let's let's play let's play a fun game here uh over under that train is the 200th most listened to band on Spotify in the world. So over, over meaning over 200, under yeah. meaning under 200. So if yeah. I'm betting the under, I'm betting on them being more popular. Or if you're betting, if you're betting the under, yeah, you, you think they're more popular. Okay. Um, 200 in yeah. the world though? On, on right, right, right now. Right now. Monthly listeners. Oh, so. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say over. They are, I don't feel they've put anything out like worthy of listening to lately. 251. Good guess. Good okay. guess. Um, I'm looking at their disco- this discography. They had a song come out in 2020 called Rescue Dog. And then their last album, which is a huge flex. Uh, it's called Christmas in Tahoe. I can only imagine that came out in 2017. Got it. So it's probably a Christmas album. That is very intuitive. That Christmas <laughs> in Tahoe is a Christmas album. Good guess. Um, I just like, I don't even know what Christmas in Tahoe is like. I don't know what any time of the year is like in Tahoe. Um, yeah, no, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever find out that. It's probably nice. I can imagine. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Um, do you know when Hazel's sister came out? What year, if you had to guess? 2008? 2010. Oh, man. Well, at least that's when the album came out that it was okay. on. So, 2010. So, yeah, like, Train, man. Like, Train, wild. I feel like they're a band that's just, like, always been around. Yeah, for my... Like, my... I feel like a band that's just in, like, like, the background of everything. Like, you'll hear a Train song at a restaurant. You'll hear it at, like, a lot of, like, a grocery store. Like you'll just you'll just hear it in a bunch of places. You won't like actively listen to Train, but you'll just hear them in a lot of different places. So 
I don't know how I stumbled across this song today. Because, like, I'm not into this kind of music. I'm, like, normally like, rap and hip-hop and stuff. And, like, R&B. Um, I'm, like, pretty into, like, British, like, uh, or UK, uh, uh, what is it? Drill. UK drill. It's, like, rap. It's, it's not super good. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Great song. I just, like, I just hear that song. And I instantaneously think of like any like rom com in between like 2004 and like 2020 or not 2020, but like 2014, you know? Mm-hmm. Like when like you're at that part of the movie where the relationship is taking a downward turn, you know? And like you have that montage of like both of them like separate, but like clearly thinking about each other. Like, Mm-hmm. it just took me back to that like i couldn't name a specific movie but i feel like that song's been used in like so many movies just like that um interesting mr brightside's an interesting choice for something like that but i also i also you know, think I'm, talking, you know what I'm talking about like i, know, I would I know what about, yeah i would play it but like obviously like copyrights and stuff yeah so. no, I, I i mean any any minnesota united fan knows mr brightside because they play it at the beginning of the second half of every minnesota united home game. i knew that i knew that actually i think i did that but, like, you know, I guess, like, see, I guess that's the thing. Like, Minnesota United fans probably won't make that connection. But I feel like anyone else in the world, like, hears that song and just, like, can picture, like, Cameron Diaz, like, sitting in her, like, New York loft apartment, like, cl- clearly torn up about, like, you know, her relationship that went south. But, like, you know by the end it'll it'll. They're getting back together and a, yeah. a happy ending for all. Exactly. All right, so happy ending for our listeners is that the segment is over. Yeah, we. I don't know how we started talking about this, and you kind of let me go on a little bit of that's a right. there. But that's all right. You know what? That's what this is for. We've been going over an hour. We still have an interview to get to. So, Ethan, thank you as always. I'm looking forward to our Sutherland till I die season one recap next week. I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be be uh, tight. It'll be concise. It'll be. It'll be a very, very clear, clear cuts uh, review. It'll be better than talking about train for, I don't know, t- t- 20 minutes. 20 minutes. So, <laughs> so any, and like, not even talking about train, just like, I don't know, I don't know what we're doing. Anyways, How popular do you think they are right now? Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> maybe we should record after after nine i don't know anyways um maybe, yeah, no, maybe we are... keep going maybe this is entertaining maybe this is maybe this is what gets people invested yeah maybe there's like a weird like following for like early 2000s like boy bands a lot of maybe... crossover there between soccer and, and early 2000s uh pop rock that's the yeah uh, hopefully we're tapping into that market now but no th- thanks for letting me come back on this is, it's obviously always fun um and uh times and yeah, looking forward to uh, the Southern Tie Dye uh, season one recap. That'll be concise. Yeah, that's coming your way next week. Thanks, Ethan. Yep, thank you. Have a good one. All right, right now, interview time with Michael Schaefer, founder of Gray's Lake FC. Gray's Lake FC, based out of Des Moines, Iowa, was just named the best fake lower league soccer club in the world by Small World Soccer. And I now have the pleasure to be joined by Gray's Lake founder, Michael Schaefer. Michael, thank you so much for taking the time to join the show this week. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, diving into it with you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we kind of talked a little bit about this off the air, but we're both kind of going through uh, 
balancing the parenting and, and working from home aspect. You're a stay-at-home dad. Uh, our family is in a bit of a quarantine situation right now with COVID exposure. So, uh, you know, we, we've both been pretty busy, it seems, the last couple of weeks. Yes, definitely staying busy uh, <laughs> on soccer and non-soccer related things. How much time in the day do you actually have being a stay-at-home dad to, to work on the, the club and work on Gray's Lake things in a day? Uh, it varies depending on how good of a day my daughter is having. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, up. a couple hours before she wakes up, a couple hours at nap time and nighttime if I'm lucky. There you go. Uh, let's go to the beginning here then. Where did the concept of Gray's Lake FC originate? Uh, in terms of, yeah, so, okay, we want to build this, we want to build this, uh, but we don't really have an actual soccer club, but we want to build this brand. How did, how did that sort of start? Yeah, so to be totally honest, it started as a sort of fake joke club in the vein of yeah. Salt Air FC and Asbury Park, um, you know, some of those, some of those bigger ones that have been around for a while, uh, I would say probably in January of this year, um, it was basically me and a buddy just talking about these clubs and all the cool merchandise they were putting out and uh, the backstories behind them and things like that. And, you know, we were buying some of their gear and I got a couple hats and he bought a mm -hmm. jersey and we were like, what if Des Moines had a club like this? Um, you know, we have the Menace who have been here for, gosh, I don't know, 10 plus years, probably yeah. 15 years, who knows. Um, and we've been to a couple games together with our families and things like that. And it's a lot of fun. And I don't want to criticize them at all. But one thing that is lacking from them is a solid merchandise game and social media outreach and that type of thing. So we were kind of thinking, you know, what if, what if Des Moines had a club with gear that we wanted to buy, you know, uh, an exciting story behind it, mm -hmm. something a little cooler and more updated than the Des Moines Menace 1980s, 1990s logo. Mm -hmm. uh, what if, what if we did something like that? And I have another side business that I do. Uh, it's a clothing store. So I already had access to a lot of t-shirts and hats and blank stock and things like that. So we just mm -hmm. decided, hey, let's do it. <laughs> How has it gone so far compared to your expectations? I mean, obviously you mentioned, you know, the, the menace being around, but not really having that sort of captivating marketing nature about them. So obviously there was a void that, that needed to be filled, but how has it gone, you know, compared to the, your initial expectations? Yeah, there was. I mean, I remember last year I was trying to get a Des Moines Genesis jersey and I had the hardest time finding one. Um, I had to track down, you know, team managers and things like that. And it was reaching out on social media and in person at games and it was just so difficult. So we thought, you know, let's launch, let's launch this brand and, and see what happens. And uh, yesterday I dropped off at the post office almost 100 jerseys from wow. 20 different states and Canada and the UK and Germany. So it, it's, been, it's been blowing up a little bit more than we expected. You know, we mm -hmm. kind of just hoped it would be a fun thing for us and maybe, you know, sell it around town or something like that. But, but the response has been great. Um, connecting with people through social media, like people are enjoying the brand and the gear that we're putting out. So it's been going well. 
Yeah, I mean, you guys, you know, your social presence, as you mentioned, is is awesome. I mean, so you, you tied in with the Up the Thieves thing with Minneapolis City, and then, you know, <laughs> you just find ways to sort of continually to you know, captivate and pull in that, that social audience, which is really cool. On social, there was a recent poll to name your monster, your mascot. Yes. Gracie was obviously the winner with you guys being Gray's Lake. What was that process like? And when did you decide, okay, we want to have a mascot and, you know, we wanted to have a name and we kind of want to have like a, a, now like a face to this whole brand. Yeah. You know, we're always thinking of ways we can engage the community um, and make it more than just the two of us doing everything, you know, um, something people can latch on to sort of. So we, we had this great monster in our badge and we had a, a logo explainer when we first dropped our, dropped our badge release. Mm -hmm. You gotta and have it that. Was talking about, it was talking about the monster and things like that. And we kind of realized we don't even have a name for the monster. We should, we should make her part of the tale as well. Um, so, you know, we put that out there and somehow we had our own sort of, favorite names and somehow we hadn't even thought of Gracie which is just perfect because it's Grace mm -hmm. Lake it's the you know the Nessie versus Gracie sort of thing and mm -hmm. so when someone suggested that we were we were secretly hoping that one would win and then it it won quite easily so we were happy about that and we yeah, got we got a few Gracie themed items coming up in the, there you in the go. future so love it looking <laughs> looking forward to that Let's talk about the merch a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that, that you have experience uh, with another side business uh, being a clothing store. So obviously, you know, kind of the in intricacies that are involved in, in putting out merch. As far as designs and, and stuff like that, is that all you too? Are you the brains behind kind of how everything looks? Or do you guys, do you have, do you have help in that regard? Yeah, I have one designer. Uh, I started this other company when I used to live in Miami, uh, where me and my wife lived for six years before we moved up here. Um, so I started a business down there with him and he's sort of the designer guy, um, mm -hmm. but he, he's not really into soccer or anything. So yeah. I give him all the ideas and then he'll give me something back and we'll go back and forth and tweak things a little bit then and, and that, but basically it's just, it's just him and me right now pushing out all the merch. You talked already about a little bit about the kits. Let's talk about the Grey's Lake kit a little bit because this thing is like, it's prime. I'm, I'm so <laughs> mad I missed out on the pre-order. For that thing, I'm really hoping the second go around, I can grab myself one because th this thing is amazing. Talk a little bit about how that design came together because Scotty Soccer uh, are the ones that developed it. Um, did they come up with a design for you guys or, or how did that, how did the whole feel and the theme, the swamp theme of the kit come around? Yeah, so I had reached out to Scotty on Twitter. Um, I saw some of the work that he was doing with some other clubs and we basically just gave him the crest and the colors and a couple ideas like the gold on the, the sleeves and things like that. But he came back with, I think, three or four options. And this one was the standout one in every regard. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah. we were sold at that point and, and uh, you know, we were thinking maybe we'll sell 10 of them or something and that'll be enough to cover our expenses and things like that. Yeah. And it ended up, you know, we sold like 10 within the first hour and ended up selling close to a hundred, I think. So I think based on the feedback we've gotten and, you know, emails and Twitter messages from people like you who missed the boat, we're probably going to be having to do a second run pretty soon. 
I think a lot of people will will uh, will want to see a second run of those jerseys for sure because yes, uh, they're yes. awesome, and I think a lot of people want to get their hands on them. We might be dropping a third kit and a, a second away kit shortly too, so stay tuned. Okay, I was just about to ask about anything coming down the pipeline. You talked about the Gracie theme stuff, and now a second and third kit possibly on the horizon. Uh, very excited for all that stuff to uh, to potentially come the Des Moines out. Because... Yeah, there's there's a Des Moines company we're working with on the, the kit, and we wanted to do something a little more local this time. Yeah, and, and... yeah, uh, I think again, I'm looking forward to whatever you guys put out because I mean the merch has been it's been prime so far. So I, I, I can only imagine that uh, anything coming down the pipeline will be the same and we'll, we'll fit that same standard. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, as far as other future plans, uh, non-merch related plans to actually feel the team in 2021. I saw something on the website about tryouts coming up potentially soon. Tell us about that process and where you guys are there. Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, in, in January or so, when we first kicked around this idea, we just, thought it would be a fake team and we would just sell cool merch and you know have the story behind it and things like that but I would say around late February early March we started to look around the Des Moines metro and think could we do a real team you know we have the menace um, they are going to be moving up to USL one uh, it was supposed to be next year but I think it'll be 2022 now mm-hmm. and but they they're going to be huge I mean they're owned by the CEO of Come and Go yep. gas station. So they're going to build <clears throat> a humongous entertainment stadium down by down south of downtown on the river there. So they're going to be going to an entirely new level for Des Moines yep. soccer. Um, but after that, there's really a big drop off in, in terms of teams playing in actual leagues. Um, there's a few in, you know, Dubuque is out there, Cedar Rapids, but Des Moines is sort of lacking in that regard. Um, there's Des Moines Wanderers who have fielded a team and played friendlies and things like that, but haven't joined a league yet. Um, but there's tons of talent in Des Moines. I've been shocked by how many talented soccer players there are here. Um, you know, there's Drake has a good team, yep. Grandview University. There's a few other universities around here, Grinnell. Um, so there's all these great players who for half the year don't really have anything to do when they're not playing uh, for their college teams or things like that. So we were talking amongst ourselves, you know, and, and reaching out to different teams. And we actually were planning on joining the league uh, this spring, spring of 2020. And the timing yeah. didn't quite work out for that. Timing could have been um, worse. It's sort of been a blessing <laughs> in disguise because, yeah, it sort of allowed us to step back and, and think about if we wanted to join this particular league or should we mm-hmm. talk to this particular league? And so I will say there's there's one league that we're leaning towards right now and, and talks are sort of ongoing. Um, but we think it's something we can ha- have happen for spring 2021 to actually okay. feel the team and take the Grays Lake idea from just a cool merchandise to an actual team uh, competing in an amateur league in the Midwest. Yeah, it's interesting how that, you know, Des Moines moving up to USL leaves a a void in the lower league teams in the area. And with, you know, obviously we both know that lower Mm -hmm. league soccer can be incredibly influential uh, and accessible and just, you know, tie into the community a little bit better than maybe some of these more professional organizations can, not that they don't or can't, but it seems like the lower leagues really are more of a grassroots type of organization and and function. So definitely if there's a void, you know, 
Uh, and you guys kind of already have a bit of a, a, a foothold in the area as far as popularity goes and branding. I mean, <laughs> don't see why you can't, uh, you can't pivot that into an actual, actual team. So we're looking forward to see how that looks and what league you guys yeah, end I mean, up in 2021. Been- yeah, we've been reaching out to uh, to people in the community and things like that, and and there's there's a lot of uh, interest in a lower league team in the community, and I think if we get the right team put together, uh, we'll be able to make it happen. All right, so let's talk about this up to thieves uh, situation here. <laughs> uh, this was fun. So uh, I I feel like I almost indirectly started this wildfire of backlash <laughs> against St. Louis City SC after. They put out all their marketing for, for their new club, unveiling the colors and stuff like that. And just the, the yes. color scheme and the fonts directly uh, were like a carbon copy of what Minneapolis City was doing with their futures program. And I just, I saw yes. the, the similarities <laughs> and I was, I tweeted, I literally tweeted like, holy shit. Like, you know, just thinking like, oh, this is, you know, this is pro- probably a super big coincidence, but it's cool that if Minneapolis city was influencing, you know, a lower, a larger club in that way, that's kind of cool that they took that, you know, whatever. And then that happened to be the day that I was recording that week's episode and I record and edit usually all in one all in one one go so it's like five hours where i'm basically completely off the grid Mm -hmm. and so i come back to my phone Mm -hmm. five hours later and i just it's just twitter (laughs) notification after twitter for notification after twitter notification i'm looking at this i'm like what is going on and then all of a sudden my whole twitter feed is like st louis city that they're 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 thieves (laughs) they they completely ripped off minneapolis city and i'm just like and they're quote tweeting me and like, I'm like, started oh my it. goodness, <laughs> like what is going on here? Uh, but it did develop a good opportunity for lower league soccer to kind of show it can be influential and have kind of similar right. marketing and the same marketing power or, or even more so as an MLS club. Um, and that's obviously something that Gray's Lake, you guys took advantage of with the t-shirt that you guys put out and stuff. So uh what was it what was it kind of like uh you know seeing that happen on your end and when did you guys decide that when did you guys decide that you kind of wanted to uh you know jump on the bandwagon so to speak and and put out that t-shirt yeah well you know i've i've been doing a lot of poorly photoshopped things for twitter uh you know when we when we signed Messi and you know we had our (laughs) new right back DeAndre Yedlin come in yeah. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. So I thought, you know, what if we just change our colors? Because, okay, I'll give St. Louis a little bit the benefit of the doubt, but, you know, having worked behind the scenes in some of these design choices and things like that, there's just too many coincidences mm-hmm. for it to be totally coincidental. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the font is the same. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we already covered that. But so I, I have been talking to some people on the Minneapolis city uh, team before that, and they've been really helpful. And, you know, if there's one club that we would like to emulate, it's probably them because they're doing everything right and they're doing it their own way. And that's a good thing for lower league soccer and, and the communities that, that they're in. Um, So I actually reached out to them on Twitter and said, Hey, here's our little mock-up of this shirt. What do you think if we sell this? And they were totally like, yeah, do it. And I said, you know, at first I said, we'll, we'll give you all the profits of it. I just want to do it because it's, A, it's pretty funny. And yeah, B, we'll get our name out there a little more. 
And they said, no, 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 keep all the profits, do whatever you want. And so we ended up doing 50% of each shirt sold. We donated to the, the Minneapolis City Futures program. Yeah. And so I think we donated like 500 bucks or something like that at the end. But it's awesome. But it was just, we're always looking for ways that we can jump on those sort of trends and, and stay relevant. But I mean, it was, it was the main talking point of the, not just the lower league soccer community, but I feel like soccer community as a whole for that, for that day, that afternoon, yeah. it was just like all up the thieves, up the thieves, up the thieves. I honestly think that St. Louis city should go ahead and like steer into that and like make that their hashtag. I oh, think that yeah, would honestly, like, I would respect that. Like, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, if they had any of us working for their social media, they would already be adopting the the thief as their as their mascot. Exactly, and things like they would that. sell so much. They would be able to sell so much merch and uh, get so much notoriety. Yeah, lean that, into it, right? Exactly, exactly. Why not? <laughs> Don't run away from it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, it's already there. There's no escaping it now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's out there. Last question here, pretty general. Uh, Michael, and again, thank you for taking some time. Uh, you mentioned uh, actual on-field competition potentially coming in 2021, New Jersey's, uh, potentially some Gracie-themed merch coming out there. Uh, anything else on the horizon for Gray's Lake? You know, what does the future hold? Uh, hopefully, the future holds slow and steady growth, leading to an eventual team taking the field in spring 2021. We got some tryouts we're going to do this later this fall if the weather holds or else we'll hold them indoors. Um, we're actually conducting a search right now to find our first head coach, which will help us, you know, identify some talent and field a team. But other than that, we just hope to connect with the community farther. There's some talks ongoing about uh, a coffee partnership a la Forward Madison, what they're doing. And we'd like to get a a brewery or two on board with some with some theme drinks and things like that but yeah. but honestly we just we just want to develop lower league definitely a soccer town and a lot of people really picture it like that but there's a ton of talent here and there's a ton of passion here for lower league yeah. soccer so we're we're hoping to bring all that together and and keep putting a good product out on the media and hopefully on the field soon you know, just seeing how Minneapolis City runs things and kind of their fan base and how how mm -hmm. they, you know, the kind of foothold they have in this community, you know, it really shows the potential that lower league soccer has to influence communities. And uh, we had already mentioned mm -hmm. that, you know, Grays Lake really has a chance to do that in Des Moines, not only as the fake club, but now potentially as the real club in spring 2021. So, uh, Michael, I wish you guys all the best in that venture. I know it's not going to be easy. Uh, but uh, it's going to be entertaining for all of us to see, see what happens on the field. And I, I'm really looking forward to it. And again, uh, I can't thank you enough for taking some time to come on the, the show this week. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And hopefully we can come back when we have some team news or something like that. There you go. Michael Schaefer, founder of Grays Lake FC in Des Moines. You can go to grayslakefc.com. Uh, you can go to the shop there, buy some merch. It's, it all, it's all great. It's all awesome. I have a few <laughs> shirts myself. I've worn them this week. That's why I'm not wearing it right now. I was, I was so mad at myself this morning when I saw the dirty clothes hamper and both my Grays Lake FC shirts are in there. I'm like, man, why did I have to wear those? Because I, I don't know. I, I, I couldn't wear them today. We'll get a new up the thieves hoodie now. for the winter season or something There like we that. go. I need, you know, instead of washing my shirt, maybe I should just buy one and get express shipping and have it ready for the next time that we talk. There you go. One for each All day right. of the week. 
Also follow them at Grays Lake FC on Twitter. Again, Michael Schaefer, founder of Grays Lake FC. Thank you so much.